My first thought after I read this article was that I needed to share it with our hospital CEO because this is exactly the kind of research that I want our administrators reading. My second thought after reading this article was that every single OT needs a copy of this research that we're discussing today to display on their desk like an inspirational poster. This week's article is the largest and most important, in my opinion, study that we've examined so far on the podcast. The authors analyzed data from over 1 million Medicare patients, and they found that OT was the only category of spending where higher investment led to lower readmission rates across three different diagnoses, heart failure, pneumonia, and acute myocardial infarction. This is just huge news. So let's get the lay of the land and look at two big picture concepts that guided the authors in this article, social determinants of health and post-hospital syndrome. And then we'll dive right into the specifics and the takeaways for OT practitioners. Welcome to the OT Potential Podcast where each week we discuss one influential OT-related journal article. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Sarah Lyon, OTRL, and this week we are discussing the article Higher Hospital Spending on Occupational Therapy is Associated with Lower Readmission Rates. This article comes to us from the Medical Care Research and Review, and it was published in 2017. It is ranked 77th on our list of the 100 most influential OT-related journal articles. So in addition to the exciting outcomes that we found in this study, I was also really excited because in the intro of the article, the authors talk about a concept that we have not yet talked about on the podcast, and that is social determinants of health. Now, if the phrase social determinants of health is new to you, do not worry. The concept is familiar. In fact, I would say that other professions use the phrase social determinants of health to reference what we as occupational therapy practitioners do. Social determinants of health take into account the complex circumstances in which individuals live. It's important that we recognize that these factors can impact an individual's health. For example, knowing what kind of environment people are going to discharge home to and what their needs will be once they get there is just as important as knowing what their vital signs are. Um, I'm going to link to a really nice article about social determinants of health in the OT Potential Club, but this is definitely a concept that you can just Google and see lots of writing about. So the authors of this article identified occupational therapy as a profession that affects both clinical determinants of health and social determinants of health. And for this particular study, the authors considered clinical determinants of health to be things such as the severity of the illness, comorbidities, vitals, labs, and functional status. They laid out that they considered social determinants of health to include some of the following sociodemographics, socioeconomics, behavioral factors, sociocognitive status, and neighborhood characteristics. 
So as you listen to those lists that I just read, you'll probably recognize that traditional healthcare puts a lot of emphasis on clinical determinants of health. Um, but very few professions bridge both social and clinical determinants of health. But occupational therapy is one of those professions that considers both and incorporates both into our treatments. The second kind of overarching concept that they talked about in the intro um, that I really wanted to highlight was post-hospital syndrome. Now, post-hospital syndrome refers to a period of time following discharge when a patient is particularly susceptible to certain risk factors, such as significant impairments in functional status that can lead to re-hospitalization. Again, I will link to some articles about this in the OT Potential Club, but this is a concept that you can Google on your own. I'm embarrassed to say that I have worked in a hospital, I have worked in post-acute care, and I have definitely observed the phenomenon of post-hospital syndrome, but I never knew what it was called. And I think just knowing this phrase and understanding the implications of it will be a really handy tool for you in just communicating the value of OT. Okay, so now that we have kind of the lay of the land with social detriments of health and post-hospital syndrome, uh, we are ready to look at the details of what the researchers were exploring and why OT is such a worthwhile investment in hospital dollars. So what was the particular research question being studied in this trial? Previous studies had looked at how increased spending impacts the quality of care that is delivered by hospitals, but there hadn't been much research on whether increasing financial investment in specific healthcare categories makes a tangible difference in the quality of care. The authors expected that higher spending in occupational therapy in particular would be associated with lower readmission rates. They presumed that this would be the case because they recognized that OT affects both clinical determinants of health and social determinants of health. And they also understood that OT interventions can address post-hospital syndrome. So who was included in the study? The researchers decided to include patients who had been hospitalized for three different diagnoses. These included heart failure, pneumonia, and acute myocardial infarction. The researchers needed to compile spending data during patients' hospitalizations and compare it to those same patients' readmission rates. To do so, they looked specifically at Medicare patients. As their information was available through some large national databases such as CMS Hospital Compare and Medicare Provider Analysis and Review. Ultimately, the researchers pulled data from about 1 million patients from thousands of hospitals. As I mentioned, they looked at multiple spending categories to see if there was a higher investment in it if there was a correlation in reduced readmission rate. So they looked at quite a few categories. Um, I'm going to go ahead and list them just because I think that's helpful to know. And the categories were accommodations, lab, pharmacy, medical, surgical supplies, cardiology, radiology, inhalation therapy, emergency room, operating room, other services, physical therapy, blood, dialysis, occupational therapy, anesthesia, speech pathology, outpatient service, and clinic visits. 
So from hearing that list, you can get a sense of they were really looking at um, multiple spending categories to see which ones really made a difference in lowering readmission rates. So what were the results of this study? There was only one category of that long list that I just read out loud where higher spending had a significant association with lower readmission rates across all three of those diagnoses. And that category was occupational therapy, which is obviously huge news for those of us in the OT field. Um, the other result that I wanted to highlight was that on average, occupational therapy only represented 0.3% of spending, and the majority of patients, 72 to 79%, actually did not receive occupational therapy. Now, these two low numbers initially kind of sound like bad news, but the authors saw these numbers as indicators of how increasing OT services is very achievable from a financial standpoint. In other words, even if hospital spending on occupational therapy was doubled, it wouldn't really cause any financial hardship, but it would have the potential to prevent very costly readmissions. So what else did the authors conclude and discuss? I just want to read their own words for you. They said that we found that higher spending on OT services is a cost-effective approach to improving patient care and reducing readmissions. Since OT has the potential to lower readmissions across multiple conditions without significantly increasing overall hospital spending. The authors discussed how OT focuses on a vital issue related to readmissions. Can the patient safely discharge to his or her own home environment? As stated above, we as occupational therapy practitioners are uniquely poised to do this because we focus on function and our holistic lens lends us to consider social determinants of health. Our care also uniquely addresses risk factors associated with post-hospitalization syndrome. The authors go on to explore supporting research related to the role of occupational therapy, along with highlighting six of our interventions that potentially lower readmissions. Honestly, the whole discussion section of this article is basically about occupational therapy. So as much as I just want to quote this entire section, I really encourage you to seek out this article and read it. So what were my takeaways for OT practitioners from this research? As always, these are just my personal takeaways. They were not mentioned specifically in the article. I had three takeaways, and my first was that this is just a great study to share with decision makers to help explain our cost effectiveness and value to patients. Something that this coronavirus time has taught me is that in times of change, which we are living in right now, we OTs need to be consistently and effectively communicating our value to policymakers, leaders in our workplaces, and even our clients. And studies like this make this job a whole lot easier. For those of you who work in acute and post-acute care, this article should absolutely be part of your advocacy toolkit. And even if you are in another practice area, this article is still worth a full read uh, just because it so nicely captures how our holistic lens makes a difference in the lives of our patients. My second takeaway was that we can also use this article to sharpen and simplify how we describe occupational therapy. 
There will be times when we can share full research articles with decision makers, like I just mentioned, but for the vast majority of our advocacy, we need to simplify the findings of this research and the messages of this article. Um, the great part about this article, though, is that you really get to see occupational therapy from an outsider's perspective. This article was not written by occupational therapists, but the way that they described OT really gave me new insight into language that might be helpful in describing our wonderful profession. Um, in fact, after I read this, I went to my blog and updated my post that is just called What is Occupational Therapy that is intended to be uh, reading for the general public. So you can definitely check out that post. And again, as you're reading this article, um, just be thinking about how we can use some of these phrases that we maybe weren't using before, like social determinants of health, uh, to communicate our value to the right people. And my third and final and most important takeaway is that I just want you to take heart. The future is value-based care, and this article establishes our place in that model. I know that we are living in uncertain times, and I don't fully know how we will ever get out of these fee-for-service models that most of us find ourselves in that really incentivize healthcare institutions to invest in what I would say is the wrong kind of care. But I do believe that we will see a massive shift towards value-based care in the next decades. It only makes sense that we should be investing in cost-effective healthcare interventions that provide long-term outcomes for our patients. Um, this is exactly what we as OTs strive to do each day, and I believe that we are poised to thrive in the new healthcare economy that is coming. So even though the era that we are living through right now is really challenging, it's really rough for many of us, I really hope that research like this just helps you take heart, have confidence in what you're doing, and I just really encourage you to keep up the good work that you are doing. Okay, that is all that I have for you today about this research article. As a reminder, the OT Potential Podcast is an extension of the OT Potential Club. In the OT Potential Club, we have a written review of the articles, and each week we discuss how the research impacts your practice. These discussions that we have each week just feel really important, and I know for me, just taking this research one week at a time has really helped me kind of slowly wrap my mind around where occupational therapy is going, where healthcare is going, and I hope that you will consider joining us and lending your voice to discussing the challenges that we're currently seeing, but also talking about what we see on the horizon for our profession. You can sign up for the club at otpotential.com. And I want to thank you for joining us today. As always, I hope that this podcast helps you provide great care this week.